You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Welcome. If you know Mary, you know Jesus. Hello there, everyone. My name is Bob Cantoni. It's good to be back. We have a special show tonight. We thought we would um, include uh, an Advent show, a preparation for Christmas, a preparation for the coming of our Lord. Advent is kind of a season uh, similar to Lent, where we prepare ourselves um, to, to accept and receive our Lord Jesus Christ, especially into our hearts into the manger of our hearts. And we ask our Lord to prepare our hearts in the way through his mercy. And we also call upon uh, St. Joseph and the, the great mother of God to help us to prepare for the coming of Jesus. But the manger truly is our hearts. And uh, we ask all of heaven um, to, to help us with that task so that we can become pleasing to God and pleasing to God the Father, and welcome our beloved Savior with open arms for the idea of being transformed into other Christs to be his presence in the world. So we ask this um, through Christ our Lord, and why don't we begin with a prayer to help us uh, to prepare for this season, and we call upon our beautiful Queen Mother, Mary. Dear Immaculate Mother, we ask you to surround us and protect us all, especially those listening with your heavenly mantle of grace, with all the holy angels and saints and souls in purgatory. Dear Mother, we ask you to use me, and I have my good friend Brother Angelo here uh, with us. That's gonna He's going to share some uh, beautiful inspirations with us as well. We ask you to bless him and use us both as your instruments as you see fit. Use my, uh, use my heart, my mind, my spirit, as you speak only your words through me, dear mother, and, and love uh, with my heart, only with your heart. So we surrender this whole show to you. You take over as you see fit for the greater glory of God, for the good of souls, the good of the church. We ask you, Saint Joseph, as terror of demons in a very powerful way, to be with us as well and to protect us, to pray for us and guide us so that God can be glorified in us and through us, through the heart of Mary. Amen. Amen. So, uh, just a little outline of what we're going to do tonight. Uh, we'll start out with a gospel reading for today. and um, It's the messenger preparing the way uh, of the coming of our Lord. Uh, it's referring to John the Baptist. What a beautiful gospel that is. I have a beautiful reading from the Mary Movement of Priests. And it speaks of the Holy Night. Our Lady gives a, a, a slight description of what went on um, during that Holy Night and how the light of God came in with, this, with the angels and so forth. But it's really an urging call to conversion and repentance, a call back to God, to seek God and His, and his mercy so that we, be, uh, we prepare ourselves and we also help to prepare our brothers and sisters for the coming of our Lord so that when He does come, whether personally or at the end of time or whatever, we are prepared and we will be able to face him without shame. We'll be like St. Teresa the Little Flower who can't wait, who will fly without hesitation to the bosom of our Lord. That's what we truly want. We also have a, a great reading from um, the Marian Helpers, uh, this, the Shrine of uh, Divine Mercy up in Stockbridge, uh, an article from Felix Carroll. I promised to give that reading last show, but I, you know me, I get long-winded and I leave it out. So I apologize for that. But I'm going to try to integrate it in the, into this show and uh, how he instructs St. Faustina, who wrote the Diary of Divine Mercy, which we'll talk about. And he instructs St. Faustina to pray to him, and he will protect her and be with her uh, um, during her great mission. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. And also we have the Divine Mercy, a message to sinners from Jesus to St. Faustina. It's an, uh, an instruction of our Lord how to make an appeal to his Divine Mercy and do not be afraid. He All he wants is to bestow his great mercy upon us without any threatening um, demeanor or anything. He wants us to come to his merciful love. And again, we have my good friend, uh, Brother Angelo, 
Good nights morning. at the Holy Eucharist. Thank you, Brother Angelo, for joining us. And he's going to share some beautiful insights with us as well. Excellent. And he's going to start out with uh, reading the gospel for us. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me, today being the second week of Advent of the year 2020 of our Lord, uh, today's reading goes as follows. Excuse me. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there went out to meet him all the country of Judea, and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, and had a leather girdle around his waist, and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the throng of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, powerful words. Mm -hmm. You know what comes to heart and mind, Brother Angelo. Well, we're we're facing many different challenges uh, as a church and as uh, people these days. Um, we're in the midst of coronavirus now, but that won't be forever either. Exactly. Yeah, but. One of the most important messages that the prophets tell us is to take refuge in Christ, to take refuge in God. Um, I have this quote from Teresa of Avila right here that I think uh, would be great to share just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let nothing disturb thee, nothing affright thee. All things are passing. God never changeth. Patient endurance attaineth to all things, who God possesseth, and nothing is wanting. Alone God sufficeth. And today's gospel, God is beginning to fulfill that promise that he's coming to possess us so that we can possess him. And he sent John the Baptist to send that message, to prepare that way, and that way is the gospel that road that's being made is the gospel and i believe um that was in today's uh readings in the divine office i think it was uh saint eusebius who who taught that but <clears throat> taking refuge in our lord and our lord jesus has a intimate connection with taking refuge in his mother as well and even saint joseph because the holy family cannot be taken apart saint joseph being the head of the holy family mother mary being our loving mother jesus our brother we're called to be part of the holy family now in our spiritual life and through the gospel we come to realize our place within the Holy Family as a child of God, a brother of Christ, and a son or daughter of Mary and Joseph. And so, with that being said, uh, I believe Bob will give the reading right yeah. here uh, to help us. And it, before we do this, I would love for our viewers to keep this in mind just to do a little bit of lexio divina put yourself before the stable put yourself before the stable and listen to these words that we can place ourselves before mary joseph and jesus as he comes in this one sacred moment this one christmas moment where he comes to save us and keep in mind that we're also to keep 
his second coming, his coming in glory before our minds. And this uh, coming of his at Christmas is both the fulfillment of a promise and a foreshadowing of Christ's coming at the end of the world. Amen. Thank you, Brother Angelo, for those beautiful thoughts. Uh, just one thought uh, on that gospel reading came to mind is John the Baptist is really describing who it is we are com- that is coming. You know, he says, uh, one who is mightier than I is coming, one whose thongs on his sandals I am not worthy to loose. He will, I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with water and fire. Oh my goodness. We're talking about an infinite almighty God here. All knowing, all merciful, all loving, all powerful, infinite God. That's who's coming. This is who we are, who we want to welcome into our hearts. We're not worthy to loose his sandals, but we, so we need to prepare and, and prepare a, um, a pleasing place for our Lord, not out of fear where I'm afraid uh, that he's going to punish me. And No, not at all. God is a merciful, loving God, but in order, we, we must make the stables of our hearts a welcome place for our God a, and a worthy place. And the way we do that is through the divine mercy. And we'll get that, to that in just a minute. But as Angelo, Brother Angelo mentioned, I'm going to read this beautiful message from the Marian Movement of Priests, the words that Our Lady gave to Father Golby, describing the Holy Night. It's beautiful. I think you're going to enjoy it. This is message number 369 uh, from Dongo, Como, Italy, December 24th, 1987, on the Holy Night, and it's titled, An Announcement of Joy. And this is what Our Lady says. In this year, consecrated to me, beloved sons, I am inviting you to keep watch with me, your heavenly mother, and with my most chaste spouse, Joseph, in prayer, in trust, and in expectation. This is the holy night. How much fatigue during the long journey to Bethlehem. How much suffering in the face of each refusal to open a door to us. How much trust in the Father who is leading us by the hand to the fulfillment of his great plan of love. And I'm just going to stop there just for a minute. Our lady talks about how the doors were closed and there's only one door that was open to them. But how many refused? We don't want to be the ones that refuse and close the doors of our hearts to our Lord. We want to open it wide and invite him in because he really is our only happiness. He's our true happiness. He's truly the the God of mercy who has the power to remove the misery of our sins that our sins have caused us. So let us open the door wide and not hold anything back. Going on uh, with the message, a plan which is carried out by the concourse of unexpected circumstances which prepared for the occurrence of this extraordinary prodigy. The merciful action of a shepherd who points out a nearby cave. The opening of one single door upon a poor and bare shelter. The human bustling about to make the place more hospitable. Above all, our perfect acceptance of the will of the Heavenly Father, who has prepared a crib of poverty and of cold for his only begotten Son, who is being born. Our hearts are that crib. God wants Christ to be born in our hearts. He wants the seed of Christ planted in our hearts grow in our hearts so that his moral beauty may shine through us like the sun. This is what it's all about. This is what life is all about. And that's why Christ became incarnated for for us for this reason. But sweet to his heart, the heart of a newborn child, is the warmth of my love, and a soft cradle my arms which entwine him with boundless tenderness, and my motherly kisses become precious pearls, and a regal mantle for him, the poor cloths with which I enfold him. All at once the darkness is penetrated by a most lively light which comes pouring down from heaven. The silence resounds with the sweetest of songs, and of heavenly harmonies. The 
the solitude becomes populated with innumerable cohorts of angels, while the night opens up to the birth of a day which knows no setting. This is the holy night. This is the night which has conquered all darkness forever. This is the night which opens upon an announcement of joy which comes from heaven. I bring you an announcement of joy for all. A Savior is born to you who is Christ the Lord. Today the night again enwraps the whole world and the darkness becomes dense over the life of men and of peoples. It is the darkness of the lack of faith, of obstinate rebellion, of a very great darkness of the lack of, of a very great rejection of God. It is the coldness of sin which kills every bud of life and of love in the hearts of men. It is the poverty of a man betrayed in his dignity, despised and reduced to an interior slavery. That's what sin does. It, in, it, it enslaves us interiorly. And God gave us the Ten Commandments through Moses, not as... Um, like uh, uh, a law that just binds you to do what I tell you and you shall not do this. No, that law frees us from the slavery of sin that binds us interiorly. This, it sets our interior free because God is a relational God. He's, he wants a relationship with all of his children and he wants his children to have relationship with him and with one another and the Ten Commandments are put in place so that we can maintain a healthy relationship so we don't have this interior slavery, but we're free to have a, uh, an intimate, loving, joyful relationship with our God and with one another. That's the whole meaning behind why Jesus, the Ten Commandments and Jesus came as a fulfillment of the law. We have the new law in Christ, a law of grace, a law of mercy. This is the incarnation of Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a few more paragraphs, uh, a couple more paragraphs. It is, this, um, it is the silence of God which weighs upon the din of voices and of clamor upon the continual diffusion of words and of images. But in the deep night of this century of yours, behold, my motherly light which arises like the dawn and spreads itself to every part of the earth, with my voice which I cause you to hear in many places, with my presence which is becoming stronger and more extraordinary, with my messages which are now becoming urgent in the holy night of this Marian year. I want again to repeat to all, I am the dawn which is preparing the birth of the brilliant Son of Christ. S-U-N, by the way. Today I want to give an announcement of joy to all my children. The time of his glorious return is now near. And uh, I, I just want to mention a couple of thoughts that come to mind when I'm reading this. Is Revelations 12, the woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet. Excuse me, back up a little. A sign appeared in the sky with a, a great sign appeared in the sky. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet, crown of 12 stars, all right? About to give birth to the Savior of the world, a man who will uh, rule the world with an iron rod. Well, Our Lady's clothed with the Son of Christ. She's clothed with that. Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, appeared as the woman clothed with the sun. That's a perfect, uh, and this is what Our Lady's talking about, these apparitions. Most importantly is Our Lady of Fatima, the woman clothed with the sun. This is Our Lady of Revelation, preparing the world for the second coming of, of her son. So as John the Baptist, he prepared the world. Well, Our Lady was the vessel through which he came into the world. So the, as he came the first time through Our Lady, He's going to come the second time through Our Lady, and she's preparing the world, and this is exactly what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So, Brother Angelo, any any thoughts that come to mind as we're reading this? Yeah, in a very unique and concrete way, it wasn't just mankind who was waiting for this one moment. It's all creation. Amen. All creation was awaiting this moment where God would intimately bond with with it he became man a part of 
nature, a part of the cosmos, a part of the universe. Uh, it's a rather unique thing. It's almost as if uh, a painter painted a beautiful painting uh, and intimately put himself hidden in there somewhere amongst uh, the leaves of a tree somewhere in there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in another, in another fashion, keeping in mind that uh, we should have a good image of the scene of the coming of Christ in the manger, in that stable, uh, in our minds, you know, it, it's very unique where St. Joseph is coming in. He being a righteous man who was seeking Christ just as much as any son of Israel, um, and who was in scripture known as righteous, one who fulfilled the law in his own personal action, one who avoided sin and was leading a virtuous life. In a very unique way, uh, we can enter into the picture through St. Joseph because he was a lot more like us. He wasn't perfect like Mary or Jesus. Uh, even though he was a righteous man, he was uh, with sin, original sin at least as well, as Mary and Jesus weren't. Um, he, being our spiritual father as Christians, as Mary is our spiritual mother, St. Joseph is our spiritual father. And think of what Joseph is seeing and feeling and in, in, in his prayer right now that for thousands and millions of years perhaps uh the universe was waiting and waiting for god to enter into her and joseph being a man with sin knows mary and jesus more than any other person in the world there's no one on earth who's hap who's come in the past the present or the future who knows mary and jesus like joseph did with that great intimacy and that is why he is such a great prince in heaven he shares the parenthood of mary with all christians He's our protector and the protector of the church. Imagine that scene, that he is the first man, the first pair of eyes in the entire universe to look upon the Christ child. He's the one who all humanity takes the place in that person. In that moment, all humanity is placed in that person of Joseph in sin in our sin we share with joseph as well but we're placing ourselves in the person of joseph witnessing our salvation being born it's an incredible image that joseph saw that this supreme act of god is coming to unfold before his eyes and god fulfills his promise and joseph saw that and the holy spirit continues to renew that image in our hearts every christmas and especially every advent amen thank you brother angelo yeah beautiful thought from brother angelo you know our lady was uh immaculately conceived she had to be the inviolate spouse of the Holy Spirit in order for Christ to be incarnated in her womb. Uh, she had to be unlike Eve, who, uh, um, who through the first sin, made it impossible to have any kind of spousal relationship with her husband, let, let alone with God. Where Mary, she had to be immaculately conceived in order to be totally open to the gift of the Holy Spirit so that Christ could be incarnated in her womb. This is big because God, um, in his spousal love, he totally empties himself. He, it's total self-giving. He holds nothing back. 
And Mary had to have the same attitude toward the God, the Holy Spirit, her spouse. She had to have the receive the fullness of grace, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, without holding anything back with joy. And she also had to give herself totally to God, the Holy Spirit, in order for this great act for the incarnation, for Jesus to be conceived in her womb. This is huge, folks. Now, St. Joseph, Scripture talks about him being a righteous man. Now, we know John the Baptist, he was sanctified six months in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth. And that's when Mary, the tabernacle, she's got Jesus in her womb. She's, she's like the Ark of the Old Covenant. She's uh, called, she's the mercy seat of God. She's She contains the Word, not just the Ten Commandments, but the Word made flesh, the full fulfillment of the commandments. In her womb, she goes to visit Elizabeth, and, and the moment Mary's uh, voice sounded in the ears of Elizabeth, the babe leapt for joy in Elizabeth's womb. That's John the Baptist. He was sanctified by the presence of Christ. Now, we know through mystics that St. Joseph, unlike John the Baptist, but he was sanctified in his mother's womb. But John the Baptist, six months after his, his conception, but St. Joseph happened to be, according to these mystics, and they're, they're blessed mystics, they're approved by the church, he was sanctified at the moment of conception. This is amazing, and, it, and it's fitting because he had to marry an inviolate spouse where St. Joseph had to imitate the love of the Holy Spirit, Mary's godly spouse. He had to imitate that, where he had to be totally open to give all that he is and has to his spouse and to receive all that Mary is and has into his heart and his life. That's the true spousal meaning of marriage. And that's why the Holy Family is the model for marriage. And of course, we have Jesus, um, the fruit of the love of the Holy Spirit, God and Mary, but also the spiritual fruit in a sense, because Joseph was the spouse of Mary, in a sense. Not in the way that the Holy Spirit, but Joseph had to be there as a, as a, as a, uh, an integral part of Christ being conceived. As a holy family. This is beautiful stuff, folks. That's why that scene, Saint uh, Brother Angelo said, please, yeah, put yourself before that scene in the manger. You've got the holy family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And one other thought I want to say about Saint Joseph. When Jesus was, was born, and Our Lady speaks of that incredible light that shone like the sun in the manger. Of course, Jesus is the sun. He's the light of God. We can't even imagine what that means. But St. Joseph immediately fell flat on his face, prostrate before the infinite majesty of God. This is the humility of St. Joseph. We need as men, we need as men to follow that example of humility of St. Joseph. And that is the strength of St. Joseph. That's why he's the terror of demons, because of his profound humility before the infinite majesty of God and the humility that he has before his inviolate spouse, Mary. And Mary's humility is unmatched by all the angels and saints put together. That's why she's the ultimate terror of demons. So we look to the Holy Family and uh, to undo in our, what we inherited from Adam and Eve, yet the effects of original sin, to, to, as that model of humility, with the Christ child in our hearts, in our families, at the center of our families, at the center of our marriages, at the center of our whole beings. And having said that, the demons cannot stand being around that kind of humility and holiness. They will flee like rats, folks. Adam and Eve let Satan have access to their marriage. They shouldn't have. They committed the sin of omission. They should have told, they had the power to cast Satan out immediately. Instead, they gave in. They gave in, and sin and misery and, and disease and unhappiness entered into the human family. The Holy Family, through Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, has undone that disaster. And now they come. our Lord comes to heal this. So that's why we look to the Holy Family for that great mystery and the great miracle of the birth of Christ.
Anything you want to add to that, uh, Brother Angelo? Yeah, sure. Well, the reason Christ came was because of mercy. Amen. Yeah. The mercy of God is what drove God to bring his son down to earth to act as savior. One of the most important things to keep in mind is that in a very real way, death is the fruit of sin. If there is sin, there is the penalty of death, especially uh, keeping in mind that sin is the rejection of God. When Adam and Eve sins, the road to God was closed. But it was through the mercy of Christ and his sacrifice that that door was opened again. There's nothing more intimate than love. True love, good love. And love given through mercy. And mercy through love. There, from, from St. Faustina, you know, we come to know that mercy is God's greatest attribute. And that's because love is his greatest gift. And it was through love, through the sacrifice of Christ, who became man so that he may have the possibility of atoning for man's sins on behalf of man. That is why the incarnation is so important, why Christmas is so important, because in the will of the Father, justice is what sin is asking for. And mercy was God's response. The incarnation cannot be seen without the shadow of the cross. It is through the cross that man's salvation is given, that sacrifice. And so when the doors of Christmas are open, they open to the cross. And in an intimate way in our own spiritual lives, our own cross, our bearing of our own sufferings alongside Christ, if we allow him to participate in our own suffering by sharing an intimate relationship with him, our own suffering becomes the means of which we are saved. If we put our sufferings upon the cross of Christ, that's what Catholics mean by offer it up. That's what it means to offer something up. It means to give your sufferings to Christ on the cross. And you may Look at this, you may hear this and think it's impossible. Suffering is too great. Our own personal suffering, the suffering of society around us, whether due to illness or political strife or war. If we let suffering take hold of us without Christ, all we have to do is despair. Pain becomes too much. But if we suffer with Christ, and no matter what suffering we have, whether it's divorce, whether it's a fallen away family member from the faith, whether it's continued sin within our society and the world, whether it's illness, political deceit, worry, fear, if we give these to Christ, they not only become a means of salvation for us if we put our sufferings in the hands of Christ, but the own, the pain that we have from these sufferings becomes more than, in, becomes more than tolerable. It becomes a way of intimately connecting with Christ. And in that way, the pain is there but it's lessened in a way. We find a new spiritual endurance that the pain that we thought was so great because of any of the sufferings we have becomes little. 
We look at pain without Christ and it becomes a mountain. We look at pain with Christ and it becomes a grain of sand. And in a particular way, the joy of Christ comes to us in this way. Sin offers only suffering, but Christ offers joy. And how does he offer it? He offers it in a very paradoxical way by pointing us to the cross. I remember Bishop Barron talking about the image of the happiest man. And he points to Jesus on the cross. Amen. That's a good one. Yeah. So keep in mind that as a Christian, we look at suffering in a very different way than in an atheistic or pagan mindset. We look at suffering with a kind of joy because, because Christ suffered and suffering, we can see Christ. All right, Bob, you have Amen. Yeah, thank well. you very much. Beautiful, beautiful reflection. I'm really glad you brought that in, and it is so important. You know, suffering's not easy. It's totally against our nature. But we have to understand that God took suffering and he turned it into the greatest good. Because he knew through sin, the sin of Adam and Eve, suffering is going to enter the world. He knew it. Where prior to that, suffering wasn't even to be found. It was a perfect happiness, a harmonious relationship with God, a harmonious relationship with all the creation. It was paradise. You see, after the fall, suffering entered in, and, G and our God took suffering, and he turned it into the greatest good. Because, and if we look at it, there's only one thing that has any value that we can offer to God. There's nothing else that has any value other than our suffering. Why? Because it's totally against our nature. That's why when we suffer with Christ, it is so powerful. And God uses it to be that net to, ca to catch other souls. We become like Christ. Here's the value in it. It becomes redemptive suffering, and we imitate Christ in his greatest act of love because he's the suffering Savior. The angels even envy the fact that they cannot suffer like Christ, or they cannot suffer like us humanities. Can you believe that? So it really is a great value to God. Why? Because we imitate Jesus in his greatest act of love, where we embrace the cross and our suffering united to him out of pure love for God. Because he embraced his cross out of pure love for us. Jesus did that. We embrace our crosses out of pure love for him. And when we unite, when we unite, unite it with his cross, we offer it to the Father with Jesus. And God the Father returns our suffering on the rest of the world with his mercy. And it's the mercy of God that melts the most hardened of hearts. This is the beauty of it. And St. Paul teaches, if we die, if we share in the sufferings of Christ, we shall also share in his suffer, uh, in his consolations, which is his joy. Just take a look at the joy of the martyrs. St. Stephen, as he's being martyred, he goes into an ecstasy. This is the promise of God. He says, I see the one like the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. They're stoning him to death. And he's going into an ecstasy, and it was that joy of the Lord that filled St. Stephen's entire being, where I bet you he didn't feel one ounce of pain. This is the beauty of our Lord. This is the promise of God. <clears throat> Anything else you want to share? I do want to mention um, this divine mercy message. And uh, then we'll... Uh, anything else? Yeah, want just, to close it out? just one thing, and then we'll yeah. get to this one little message. <laughs> and then we'll... <clears throat> um... This may seem very uh, impossible to do sometimes, but with God, all things are possible, you know? Amen. With God, all things are possible. Don't be afraid to be too little, because it's in our littleness that God shows us 
his greatness in us and even our greatness perfected in him. Amen. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just uh, thrilled uh, with uh, your insights, uh, Brother Angelo. I know there's so much we want to talk about. We'll do another show again and uh, you know, just pour our hearts out in the Holy Spirit. But this is all designed to help others come to the knowledge of Christ. Come to Jesus. He is our happiness. He is our salvation. He is our all in all. He should become the beloved of our souls. And then what God is going to do through his incarnation, St. Athanasius teaches this, and I think even St. Augustine, all them, all them great saints, God became man in the flesh so that we could become like gods. This is what it's all about, folks. This is really the beauty and the promise of our incredible God who loves us so much with an infinite love. I want to uh, mention uh, from the... Uh, Marian Helpers, uh, the Shrine of Divine Mercy up in Stockbridge, this article by Felix Carroll, um, <clears throat> St. Joseph. And just to give a little flavor of why it's so important to uh, look to St. Joseph for, for help and for protection, all right? In the chill of the highest desert, standing vigilant by a manger, likely still bewildered, but certainly at peace, this is the man we can turn to now for help. Because yes, let's, let's agree on this point. We need his help, meaning Saint Joseph. God the Father turned to him for help. God the Father entrusted his only begotten son, not only with Saint Joseph, but with Mary. So we should imitate God the Father entrusting our entire being, all that we are and have, and our loved ones, our families, our children, to the Saint Joseph and Mary. As we look, uh, God the Father turned to St. Joseph for help. Mary, the mother of God, he did too. As we look toward Christmas in a most tumultuous year, we too can turn for help to St. Joseph as our role model and as our powerful intercession in heaven, intercessor in heaven. The saint who rises to the occasion, a counterweight of composure in a world beset with worry, reminds us that God designed the universe to operate under the logic of love. Like the Magi who, after an arduous, arduous journey, came upon the manger, we can stand side by side with St. Joseph. We can adore the Christ child born into the world vulnerable, our Savior who relies upon our attentiveness and tender care. Side by side with St. Joseph, we can prepare to transform and be transformed to change the world by the first re reordering of our own priorities. So reordering of our own priorities with the help of God's grace, the merciful love, with the help of Mary and Joseph and all the holy angels and saints, God, want, we can be transformed into other Christs. This is what we need to give God permission to do. And I have to say this at this moment. There's no easier, no faster, no more perfect, no more powerful way to this sanctification than through Marian consecration. Consecrate your hearts, your whole being. Totally give yourself to Mary and all that you have and to St. Joseph. So side by side with St. Joseph, we can prepare to transform, be transformed, to change the world by first reordering our own priorities. We have so much to learn from the quiet hero of Christmas. St. Joseph, a model, instrument of God's mercy in a troubled world. And just a few more thoughts, what, uh, how St. Joseph instructed St. Faustina, what he wanted her to do and pray so that he could be with her in her great message of getting, proclaiming God's mercy to the world. This is what it's all about. Indeed, in prayer, we can confidently turn to St. Joseph himself who proved a powerful intercession, intercessor for our common spiritual soulmate, St. Faustina. In her diary entry 1203, we learned four important things. That St. Joseph urged her to have constant devotion to him. That he wanted her to recite the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, and Memorare to St. Joseph once a day. That he was supporting her work to make Christ's mercy known to the world, and that he promised her special help and protection. 
So those are four great ways to, uh, the devotion to St. Joseph, praying our Father, Hail Mary, glory be, and the memory of St. Joseph, and he would support her in her work of mercy. He will also support all of you, all of us in our vocations, with our families, our children. He's the terror of demons. What a great gift from God St. Joseph is. And he promised her special help and protection. So I, I, I beg all of you to take uh, this advice to heart and act upon it, and you'll see great, um, you'll see a great difference in your lives. So from heaven, St. Joseph plays a pivotal role. Recall that amidst the horrors of world, World War One, October 13, 1917, St. Joseph famously appeared in the final and most dramatic of Our Lady's six apparitions in Fatima, Portugal. One of the visionaries, Lucia, would later describe what she saw that day, St. Joseph with the child Jesus and Our Lady robed in white and blue mantle beside the sun. St. Joseph and the child Jesus appeared to bless the world, for they traced the sign of the cross with their hands. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Pray for us. Our Lady, Queen of the Apostles and, and Mother of God, pray for us. Pray for us. Okay, and um, with these last few minutes, speaking about divine mercy, these are our, the words of our Lord um, to St. Faustina, and it is um, a three-part series. It's very short, three short paragraphs, but a three-part series about what Jesus is saying to a sinful stroll, a sinful soul, instructing them toward his mercy. So, this is the meditation of St. Faustina, part one of a sinful soul. The goodness of God, the mercy of God hidden in the blessed sacrament, the voice of the Lord who speaks to us from the throne of mercy, he says, Come to me, all of you. Jesus said this to Faustina. Be not afraid of your Savior, O sinful soul. I make the first move to come to you, for I know that by myself, by yourself, you are unable to lift yourself to me. Child, do not run away. Do not run away from your Father. Be willing to talk openly with your God of mercy, who wants to speak words of pardon and lavishes graces on you. How dear your soul is to me. I have inscribed your name upon my hand. You are engraved as a deep wound in my heart. Part two, with a sinful soul. And this is the meditation that St. Faustina had before the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus said, I am your strength. I will help you in the struggle. And this is the response of the soul, what Jesus says. My child, do you fear the God of mercy? My holiness does not prevent me from being merciful. Behold, for you I have established a throne of mercy on earth, the tabernacle. Know that Jesus is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in all the tabernacles under the veil of the bread and wine of the host, Eucharistic presence of Christ. I am not surrounded by a retinue of guards. You can come to me at any moment, at any time. I want to speak to you and desire to grant you grace. And finally, part three, with a sinful soul. Jesus said to Faustina and to us and to the world, my mercy is greater than your sins and those of the entire world. Who can measure the extent of my goodness? For you, I descended from heaven to earth. For you, I allow myself <coughs> to be nailed to the cross. For you, I let my sacred heart be pierced with a lance, thus opening wide the source of mercy for you. Come then with trust to draw graces from this fountain. I never reject a contrite heart. Your misery has disappeared in the depths of my mercy. Do not argue with me about your wretchedness. You will give me pleasure if you hand over to me all your troubles and griefs. I shall heap upon you the treasures of my grace. These are the words of, a, of an infinite God who loves us with an infinite love, who could not bear as St. Ignatius teaches us, St. Athanasius, 
who could not bear to see what he created to be obliterated through sin. He loved the world so much, says St. John, that he gave his only begotten son. He could not bear to see his children be obliterated through sin and be totally destroyed. Could not bear it. He loves us with an incredible love, so much so that he died on the cross. Why? That he could raise us back up from destruction into his merciful love and raise us to become other Christs, other sons of God, pleasing to the Father, to become just like Jesus, not only in the fullness of his age on earth, but for all eternity. That is the, our glory. That's the glory of God, a family in God, to be sons and daughters of an infinite king. I don't know what else to say, Brother Angelo. Uh, I thank you uh, for joining us. Um, mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to have you back again, mm -hmm. you know, God willing. Yeah. And uh, so, and I, and I bid all of you to have an incredible Christmas. And uh, this is a message of uh, the gospel, which is an urgent call to repentance and conversion. Put on the mind of Christ, put on the life of Christ. St. Paul teaches us to become transformed into other Christ. He says, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. This is what it's all about. And then the glory of God will shine through you throughout all the world. And the whole world will be transformed through the merciful love of God, all endued with his uh, incarnation. May God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Hello, God's beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. Thank you for listening to a production of WCAT Radio. Please join us in our mission of evangelization. And don't forget, love lifts up where knowledge takes flight.